0: how about we sing verse stanza four again let's all stand up sing the stanza four Amen. amen
1: we praise
0: And vibration. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Let's read Acts chapter 7, verse 2. Acts chapter 7, verse 2. All together.
0: And brothers, brothers and fathers. And listen. The God God of glory appeared appeared to our father Abraham while he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Aaron. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The next one, Romans 4.12. Romans 4.12. Amen. How about we have all the brothers read Romans 4.12. Amen. 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 father of certain to those who not only are of circumcision, but who
2: are also walk in the steps of, that faith of
0: our father Abraham,
1: which he had in uncircumcision. Amen. Amen. Let's continue Hebrews chapter eleven, verses eight through ten. Hebrews eleven, verses eight through ten how about we alternate beginning with the sisters sisters verse 8
0: Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 through verse 4. Again, we have Amen. brother and sister alternate. Amen. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 through 4. Amen. Now the whole lot to Abraham, Abraham. Go from, from your land, and, and from your
1: to the man that I will show you. you. Amen. And I I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I will curse. And to you, all the families of the earth, will be blessed. Amen. Verses 7 through 8. How about all those under age 25? Declare 7 to 8. Read. And Jehovah came Abraham and said, your seed I will Amen. There he built an altar to Jehovah who had a to him. Amen. And choose from there and to the mountain on the east of Bethel. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. Amen. The next session will be Genesis chapter 13, verse 3 and 4. Let's read all together. Amen. <coughs> and continue on his journey from, from the nature,
1: together verse 18 and Abram moved his tent
2: and came and dwelled by the oaks of
1: Mamre which are in
0: general and there he built an altar
1: to Jehovah. Amen. 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 Praise
0: the Lord. Now let's have a prayer with our neighbors.
1: A brief Amen. prayer. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. 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 Lord we thank you and we praise you. For gathering us here together this weekend. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your blessing last uh, yesterday. Lord, we consecrate this day to you. Amen. Lord, we have no trust in ourselves Amen. or trust in you. Amen. Lord, you are the head of the church. Amen. Oh, you love your church. Amen. Oh, you love to speak to us. Amen. We just want to turn our heart to you. So the veil can be k- taken away. Amen. Oh, that we can see you face to face. Oh, again, that you will open your word to us. Amen. Lord, we just give ourselves to you. Give, you. give us your rich presence for this time. Amen. Amen. First of all, uh, I would like to know how many in this room you were not here yesterday. Uh, this is your first time. I'm only referring to this conference So we still have quite a few (coughs) that were not here uh, yesterday. Uh, So this message we are going to cover is message number three. Since so many uh, were not here yesterday, I think we still need to uh, just spend maybe two minutes to review what was covered yesterday. For those of you who have uh, outline number one, uh, turn to outline number one. Uh, If you don't have, be sure you'll get outline number one and two uh, after this meeting. Uh, The total or the general subject of this conference, for those of you who have outline number one, let us declare that first. Okay. Cooperating with the moving Yung Ga. In the ultimate move of his economy. So this general subject or the general burden of this conference is concerning God's move. But the move we are talking is the ultimate move of his economy. That will be his last move of this age. And the important thing is when we know God is having this move then how should we cooperate with him, with the moving triune God? This is the whole burden. Then message one, we read together. Vivification and coordination for God's manifestation, move, and administration. So here mention three things, God's manifestation, God's move, and God's administration. Now, in order for us to really see these things, we have to be living. Amen. And maybe we are not too uh, used to this word, vivi- vivi- vivification. <laughs> but yesterday our brother explained to us very clearly, uh, vivification means you are neither dead nor alive. We usually <laughs> either dead or alive. And uh, if you are dead, what you need is resurrection. Amen. But if you are not completely dead, so that means you, are, you still cannot uh, 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 you don't need resurrection, but you need this vivification. Amen. That means make you more alive. Amen. So this is a matter of degree. Now, okay. since uh, he has explained this to us, I don't know how you feel, but I feel, yeah, I really need this vivification. Yeah. If you say I'm completely dead, Maybe I want to argue with you. No, I don't think I'm dead. But if you say you are not alive enough, then I think, no, there's something relative. I don't think any one of us can boast I'm 100% alive. So therefore, we all need this verification. And that this message is based on Ezekiel chapter 1 to see that how could we be revived? How can we receive more? life. Amen. And uh, so, I don't want to repeat this message. You really need to get into uh, these uh, messages. And, uh, but in uh, Ezekiel chapter 1, you have these four wonderful things. Uh, one is the blowing wind. Another is the overshadowing cloud. Amen. Another is sanctifying fire. Okay, and uh, Another is glowing electron. Amen. And uh, these are all the things coming from God, He is blowing on us, and also He's overshadowing us. He is uh, sanctifying us, burning us, and so we can be this electron that is an alloy of gold and silver, Amen. God's nature and Christ's redemption. So, wonderful. So, I really hope that, that you can get into these messages. Then the second message is also very important, even more important, that is concerning the prayer. So this uh, message, the title says, The prayer needed to be one with the Lord in his mood to carry out his economy. I believe almost all Christians pray, but most of us, we just pray for our own need. Uh, Not many Christians consider or concern about God's need, because we all think God is almighty, And he just, uh, whatever he wants, he just say the magic word, and the thing will be done. But here, no, that is not what the Bible revealed to us. The Bible revealed to us is that today, in the New Testament time, when God is creating his new creation, he has his eternal purpose and he has his eternal economy. According to uh, concerning his economy, God wants us to cooperate with him. And that the first thing we need to do is we need to pray. Prayer needed to be one with the Lord. The major thing is, the important things. our prayer should be one with the prayer of the Lord. Amen. Don't pray so many prayers that it's not the prayer God wants to pray. Well, I, I don't think I want to get into all those examples, but you know... Uh, Well, I believe most of us have that kind of experience, but the point is we really need to turn to the Lord and uh, to be one spirit with the Lord, and to enter into his burden so we can cooperate with him and uh, we can pray according to his burden for his move to carry out his economy. So this is what we had yesterday. Now we come to message number three. Now this three, message number three, actually is very similar to... uh, Message number four of the Memorial Weekend Conference. You know, during the Memorial Weekend, we had a conference in Philadelphia. And uh, in, that message, uh, in that conference, message four is similar to our message three here. Uh, that one was to recover the life of the altar and the tent. Now, the first part of our subject, topic, of this morning's message is, let's declare this again, living a life of altar and tent. life of transfusion, consecration, and migration. The first half of this topic is almost the same as the other message four. But the, this topic added three things. That is transfusion, consecration, and uh, migration so this is the little different. that is in addition for us to see the vision and uh, to live the life of the altar and the tent and we also need to pay attention to these three things and we will uh, uh get into this or expand this later uh, let us just go to roman numeral one Rome. Uh, if we would walk in the steps of Abraham's faith, we must live the life
1: of the altar and the tent, taking Christ as our life and the church as our living, to live a life of being transused by God, of consecrating our all to God, and of migrating
2: with God. So you can see that uh, we have to uh, squeeze in many points into this one. Roman numeral 1. So, this is a very rich point. Uh, actually, it's not that difficult. The first half of this 1 is if we would walk in the steps of Abraham's faith, we must live the life of the altar and the tent, taking Christ as our life and the church as our living. Okay, stop here. And then you will... See, that this part of Roman numeral 1 is exactly that Roman numeral 4 upon uh, Roman numeral 2. I I think I have just confused you, but don't worry. (laughs) But uh, what I'm trying to say, this is the same. But again, our Roman numeral 1 added three more things. That is, to live a life of being transfused by God of consecrating our all to God, and of migrating with God. So just add these three things, which correspond to our title. Now, here, the first thing is, if we would walk in the steps of Abraham's faith, what does that mean? Or you might want to ask, why do we need to walk in the steps of Abraham's faith? Now, in order to understand this, we need to go to uh, Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 6 to 9. And let us read verse 6 first. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness, Okay, before we go on, I want to ask another question. How many of you here uh, have not believed into the Lord Jesus Christ yet? Do we have any dear gospel friends? Maybe not in this meeting, but maybe we'll have more next meeting. So that will make uh, my job easier. <laughs> and uh, so here we see that, uh, uh, but we still need to review this. Amen. Okay. Uh, Reveal what is the most basic thing in the Bible, right. what is the most central thing in the Bible, and uh, so that is God's eternal uh, purpose and with uh, His eternal economy. Yeah. Okay, and this is most sen- central, uh, most important thing in God's heart, and uh, so that that's why uh, we always uh, want uh, want to ask people to memorize that verse. Every time I come, I I, I, I ask you to, to memorize this. Uh, what Genesis one twenty six, right? How many can do this? Uh, let's let uh, whoever can do. Let's stand up. We we read it together to those who cannot uh, memorize this verse. Okay. You know, we read this verse without reading it, <laughs> without seeing it. Okay. And God said. Yeah, stand up. Man, in our image. And let them have no meaning over the fish of the sea, over the fowl, of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every frequency that creeps upon the earth. Now, thank you. Thank you. Why do we have to read this again and again? Now this verse tells us, not only we human beings were created by God. It also revealed to us when God created us, He created us because He had an eternal purpose. Now this is clearly mentioned in Ephesians chapter three verse 11. Our God has an eternal purpose. Now what is this eternal purpose? both based on Genesis 1:26 it mentions about two important words. One is image, another is dominion. God created man according to his own image. So that is for his expression. And another is, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the bird of the heavens and over the cattle and over all the earth, especially over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So that means God's eternal purpose has these two aspects. On the positive side, he wants to use this man that he created to express him. On the negative side, he wanted to use this man to represent him, to deal with his enemy. That is the creeping thing creepers upon the earth. Now, this is God's purpose. And uh, God also has his specific way to accomplish his purpose. And uh, his specific way in the Bible, is called his economy. That is his plan. That is his arrangement. Now, most of us know that the word economy in the Greek is this word oikonomia. This word is composed of two Greek words. Oikos means house or household, and nomas means law. So when you put these two words together, you have oikonomia, that is Today's English word, economy. That means the household administration, the household arrangement, and the household pen. Now, what is this household arrangement is about? Now, this word also has its root, the same as pasture. So, with the sheep, you know, in the Bible, often uh, use sheep as uh, 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 signifies God's children. And uh, so how the pasture is the unlimited supply of the sheep. And uh, so God's household arrangement is that he wants to supply himself, God himself, as our spiritual food, as our spiritual drink, as our clothes, as our everything. So this is God's economy, in other words, God's arrangement to dispense himself into us so that we can accomplish his eternal purpose. In other words, his eternal purpose can be only accomplished in two things. One is he dispenses himself as the divine life into us. Only God's life can express God. Our human life can never express God. Don't try to imitate God because they are not able to do it, even if you think you are. You are still not expressing God. You are only expressing yourself. Don't think God is God of love, so I need to love. Don't say you don't have that love, even if you manufacture a natural love in you. That's still not God's love. You still cannot express God. Don't think God is patient, so you try to be patient even if you try to be patient for 40 days, uh, that's still not still not God's patient. Right. And so this is not how God wants to fulfill His purpose. Right. But He has His eternal purpose. And that is the same, or that is also included in His economy. That is, He wants to dispense Himself into us. That's why after... Adam was created. He was put in front of the tree of life. Amen. The tree of life, it just signifies the Christ. Right. Right. The trying God is embodied in this Christ. With this Christ, God is very tangible to us. And uh, touchable to us. Amen. Enjoyable to us. Amen. This Christ says, manifest this God to us. And he has explained this God to us. Therefore, Christ is also the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So, you see that this trying God is in Christ, so the, Christ makes this God so, so tangible and so, so real to us. That's, Christ, that's why Christ is the reality. Now, this is the way for God to fulfill His purpose. First, is by life, by Christ, by the, the embodiment of the trying God to be our life. Then another thing is, when God said, I, uh, let us create man in our image, that man is a singular number. But later he said, let them have dominion." The right. Now how many people did God create? Did he create a him or did he create a them? Well, forget about that. <laughs> forget about the, the mental analysis about this. But this, we just see one thing. What God wants to get is a corporate man. Amen. God does not want to get a scattered man uh, uh, when, on, when here, went there to express him or to represent him. No. God wants to get this corporate man for his corporate expression and for his corporate representation. Amen. And uh, so this is the, the overall picture. The, this is the vision throughout the whole Bible. If we have this picture clear, then everything will be clear. If this is not clear, then nothing will be clear. So then, when Adam was created according to God's will, most likely, or I'm pretty sure, Adam himself was not too clear about this. But even though he was not clear, Satan was very clear about this. Therefore, very soon, after the first two chapters, just in chapter three, Satan started to creep in. That is that old serpent, that dragon. But that old serpent creeped in. And then he started to damage man, uh, destroy man, and he lied to man, lied by asking a question. Did God really said. You know, the, this, this uh, question mark, it really looks like a serpent, right? Yeah. So this serpent came in, probably a cobra, I guess. <laughs> and did God really say you, you cannot eat all the trees in the... He knows that God never said this. God just said, don't eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But he asked, did God really say you cannot eat all the trees in the, in the garden? And... So, so sad, I don't have to, to describe this, you all know, then Adam and Eve, because of Satan's uh, attack, his lie, and Satan usurped man, and destroyed man, damaged man, so the whole human race become a fallen race. In other words, the whole human race can no longer fulfill the God's eternal purpose and uh, God, this divine and uh, uh, this righteous, holy, glorious God can never enter into man because man was so corrupted. So that was the whole background. But God did not give up. Amen. If I were God, I just surround this mankind. let create another same thing. You call it what? But God didn't. God still wants to use man to fulfill his purpose and to fulfill his economy. And so what did he do was, among all the human race, he chose one person. This is Abraham. And he chose Abraham to be the father of a new category of of people. And why did he choose Abraham? It's because what this word This verse said, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Praise the Lord. Abraham believed God. Because Abraham believed God, so he became the father of faith. He was the first one who believed God. Of course, before him, there were people like uh, Noah, like uh, in uh, but that is out of uh, that is not uh, in 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 this picture. But now, when Abraham uh, was born, when Abraham was selected by God, so God chose Abraham to be the the to, to, or to form to start a new race, Amen. and with this chosen race, God's purpose will be fulfilled. Amen. So. This is the the picture. Then let us continue to verse uh, seven and eight. Know then that they who are of faith, these are sons of Abraham, and that the Scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles out of faith, announced the gospel before them to Abraham. In you shall all the nations be. In you, that all the nations, be blessed. Amen. Now here, we have a little bit complication here. That is, then Abraham had two sons. Uh, he had actually more than two sons, but two important ones. One is Isaac. Another is what? Ishmael. Ishmael was the son Abraham produced by his flesh, by his own will. But Isaac was the one, That uh, God promised. Then Isaac also had two sons. Only one, Jacob, was really the the race God had chosen. Okay, so not only it it is Abraham's descendant, also Isaac's descendant, especially Jacob, and because he also gave, uh, gave himself to God, he was interested in the spiritual things more than the material things. So, but anyway, right. God had chosen Jacob with his twelve sons. That was the people of Israel. Amen. That is the the nation of Israel. Amen. And uh, this is God's Old Testament chosen ones. Then what is the whole thing we want to see or God wants to do? What God wants to do is, even though at that time in the Old Testament time, God did Choose the nation of Israel to be his Old Testament people on the earth, but God's heart is still to save everybody, Amen. to save Amen. all the nations. Amen. So he even before, even before Isaac was born, he already chose Abraham, already made Abraham righteous, and uh, so in others, Abraham was counted righteous before he was circumcised. Circumcision is the sign of to be a nation, uh, to be this uh, people of Israel. But Abraham was not counted righteous after he was circumcised, but before he was circumcised. So in other words, what God promised him, the blessing God promised him. It is for all the nations. So this is the the pictures. On one hand, it's for all the nations, but on the other hand, still very important. Important in what? Important, the the next verse verse, uh, we read, verse 7, Know then that they who are of faith, they who are of faith, these are sons of Abraham. Today I'm glad that, At least at this moment, in this room, we are all what? All sons of faith. Because we all have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though we are all fallen. But God has opened up this way for us. And so we don't need to try to save ourselves. None of us can save ourselves. But we just need to believe in the Lord. What does it mean be, uh, by believing? Believing means receiving, right? Amen. In John chapter one verse twelve, that uh, as many as receive him,
0: Amen.
2: and to them he gave the authority to be called the sons of God, Amen. and those to believe into his name, Amen. not only that called sons of God, but really sons of God, Amen. because when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ into us, then. Not only were saved, not only were justified, we' are also regenerated. Amen. This is when the first thing I want to make clear to you so uh, I feel we really need to read this uh, verse that is Romans chapter one verse seventeen if this uh, we, if we are not clear about this verse, maybe we will not uh, we will feel difficult to understand this outline number three. And this is, on one hand, it is a very uh, important verse and also a very popular verse. That means many Christians know this verse. And many Christians talk about this. But when they talk, they talk in a very simple way. They just use this justification by faith. Because when the church started degrading, after the first century, after all these apostles left, went to be with the Lord, then the church started to degrade, degrade, and uh, become very fallen until they became the Catholic church. then continued to fall. And uh, then in, when you come to uh, in the 13th, 14th, 15th century, even the most basic gospel truth was lost. That is the justification by faith. And at that time, those popes said, said to people, oh, for you to believe uh, invisible Jesus is really difficult. But you don't have to, to try to force yourself to, to believe in something you cannot see. So then they printed this uh, tickets of indulgence. Uh, you only need to buy the tickets of indulgence, your sins will be forgiven. And so because of this, Catholic Church became very, very, very rich. But on the other hand, many, many, many poor sinners, they all perished. So even the most basic gospel truth was lost. So we thank the Lord that the, because Catholic Church, they themselves knew these were heresies, were not in the Bible. So at that time, they also forbid people to read the Bible. But we thank the Lord that the God, again, the Lord would never give up. He raised up this person, uh, Martin Luther. I think you all have heard his name. Use him to recover these two things. One is the justification by faith. It's basic gospel truth. Another is everybody can read the Bible. So he, the Lord did use him to recover these two things. But my burden is not just talk about you know, about these two things because you all know this. Right. My point is even just to see Just to know justification by faith is not enough. What God wants us to see is much more than that. That's why we need to read this verse, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Let us read this together. For the righteousness of God is revealed. I only want to, uh, you to pay attention to the last phrase. This is the quotation of the Old Testament, the book Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, verse 4. It says, But the righteous shall have life and live by faith. Amen. Here, they not only say, will be justified, by faith. By faith that means we believe into the Lord Jesus Christ and we take Him as our personal Savior, we receive Him as our personal Savior, so our sins will be forgiven. We thank the Lord for that. But to God, that's not enough. So here it also says what? It also says the righteous shall have life. Praise the Lord. Not only our sins are forgiven, now we have life. This life is a divine life. Therefore, Not only our sins have been forgiven, we are saved, we will not be thrown into the lake of fire. But we have been regenerated. This verse tells us clearly that we will have life. This life is the divine life. So at the time when we believe into the Lord Jesus, at that very moment, in addition to our human life we receive from our parents, now we have received a new life, this is divine life. Not only we receive this divine life by faith, it also said, and live. Amen. I'm sorry, many Christians, sometimes including we ourselves, miss this world. We only think, oh, praise the Lord. My sins are forgiven. Yeah. I will not be thrown into the lake of fire. But God said, no, that's not enough. You need to be regenerated. Amen. Or you have been regenerated. Now we have received the divine life in us. But this divine life in us is not just to keep us to live forever in the eternity future. This divine life in us is for us live a kind of living, a kind of life today. So not only we have, uh, we are made righteous by faith. Not only we have received this divine life by faith, we also need to live a, a kind of life by faith. And the burden of this message is we need to live this kind of life. We need to live a kind of special kind of life. What kind of life? Since because Abraham is the father of faith, now we are also those who who are of faith. We are saved not because of anything else, because we believe we have faith. So because we have faith, therefore, we are Abraham's sons. So we just need to live a life that is the same as Abraham. Then what kind of life Abraham lived? So here, this message three tells us clearly, we must live the life of, his life was a living of our altar and a tent. Amen. This was Abraham, Abraham's living. That's why we talk about the living of uh, living a life of altar intent. That is Abraham's life. Abraham's living when he was on the earth. Okay. So if you don't know this, it just it, if you just say I want to live the same kind of life Abraham lived. Now what kind of life he lived? We did not know. Someone even said some. I even don't want to repeat. Oh, he lived a life, he had many wives. Then, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> You're completely wrong. He lived a life of uh, altar and uh, tent. Okay. Then, this altar and tent in today, in the New Testament time, that does not mean today we need to also copy or uh, imitate what uh, Abraham did. Let's all build an altar outside the <laughs> meeting hall and uh, let's all sell our houses uh, uh, brother, uh, Bob, sorry uh, let's all go out by tents <laughs> but that is not that doesn't mean that. Don't worry <laughs> we have to get a meeting hall <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, thing is, the, the, the thing is that in principle that was Abraham's uh, living so that's the kind of living we should have Amen. Amen. but in today New Testament time the real kind of living is what it's just Christ and the church Amen. Christ and the church is our central vision okay. and what does it mean Christ and the church that means we take Christ as our life Amen. we take the church as our living Amen. Right. this is the kind of life we need to live today Christ is our center. We need to take Christ as our life. We need to take uh, church as our living. So then the following concerning, uh, then, then it says, a life of being transfused by God, of consecrated our all to God, and uh, of migrating with God. Actually, this consecrating, our all to God. This is the life of the altar. Amen. You know, the altar is for what? For offer. Offerings to God. That is, refers to consecration. Not only uh, we offer offerings on the altar. Specifically, this altar is especially referring to the burn offering. You know, if you read Leviticus in the Old Testament time, there are five basic offerings according to the importance. The first is the burnt offering. The second is the meal offering. The third is peace offering. The fourth is sin offering. The fifth is trespass offering. Now, on our side, according to our experience, of course, the first one we really need is the trespass offering. Because we often commit sins. Then in Old Testament time, they have to that that was before Christ's first coming, before Christ has accomplished his judicial redemption. So they just have to offer these offerings. These offerings are all types of Christ. So they offer the trespass offering for the forgiveness of their sins. Then they also need to offer the sin offerings for the sinful nature, sinful life within. And because they were sinners, they were also enemies of God. Therefore, they need to offer the peace offering to be reconciled to God so that they could have uh, peace with God and with men. Then they need to live a kind of uh, holy, uh, uh, sanctified life. That, that is male offering. But the last one, to us, in our experience, probably we reach this one, the last. But in God... That's the most important one that's always mentioned the first. So that is the burn offering. Burn offering is to burn everything. So that's why it is the consecration our all to God. But then the what is migrating with God? That is the life of the tent. The life of the tent is to migrate with God. Amen. Not just by yourself, so don't worry. Migrate with God, okay? But how can we live this kind of uh, life? Actually, none of us can live this kind of life. But we thank the Lord for the first thing—that is, we need to uh, receive, uh, be transfused by God. We will cover all these things in the following points. Now, okay, we have to cover this uh, quickly. In A, let us all read A together. And if repeating the history of Abraham the Christian life and the church life today is the harvest of the life and the history of Abraham now here uh, i hope that you you notice you have this word harvest here and so we repeat the history of Abraham and the Christian life and the church life today is the harvest why use this word harvest here? Now, whenever you see this word harvest, right away, you know that is something related to life, right? right? right. Only when you have these seeds, and uh, we all know there are life in these seeds. Right. When these seeds are being sowed, and uh, then they grow up, and when the life grows into maturity, then the crop is ready to be reaped. That was the time you will have the harvest so whenever you have this will harvest that means that is something related to life in other words when we say let us take the let, let us walk in the step of abraham or let us repeat abraham's history that does not mean we should learn should find out what are the things that abraham did and then we try to imitate him no Rather, this is a matter of life. And uh, you need to realize, even with Abraham, it was not just uh, many, many outward incidents. He went through a life process. He has his ups and downs. And he learned different lessons in his failures. And we do not need to repeat his failures. We need to learn the lesson he had learned, but anyway, Don't take this matter that uh, we should be, uh, our life should be uh, according to uh, Abraham's history, or we should uh, walk in his step, then we, based on our religious mind, then okay, from now on, I imitate him, and uh, I have to to learn in a mechanical way. No, this is something of life. Abraham went through many things. And, and it was God's doing. Right. God appealed to him many times. Then Abraham learned many things. Then eventually that uh, ready for reap. Today in the New Testament, our New Testament Christian life and also the church life, it is the harvest of what Abraham went through. Mm-hmm. So we have to pay attention to this, that this is really a matter of life. Okay? So harvest of life and the history Of Abraham. So in order for understand this more, let us go to Galatians. We have already read chapter 3 verse uh, 6 to 9. Let us also read uh, verse 14. If we don't understand these verses, then we can never understand what does it mean that we follow Abraham's first step. You see, what we are going to do or what the Lord will lead us to do will be very, very different from Abraham, what, what Abraham did or what he experienced. Now, one very important difference is, let us read uh, Galatians 3, verse 14. In order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay. God gave Abraham a lot of promises. And he promised that he would have a seed. And not only that, his seed will inherit the land. That was the good land. That was the land God let Abraham enter into. The land of Canaan. The land of milk and honey. Beautiful land. But with the Old Testament people of Israel, God's chosen people, what they received was the outward material blessing. Yes. They inherited that good land. But to us, don't look for again, sorry. Don't look for a, a good house or a good piece of property. Why? Because God loves us. You know the more you love a person, the more you want to give the good gifts to right. to your The one that you love, right? Both in Matthew and in Luke say this. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew, said that uh, those of you who are uh, fathers, even you are not good, even you are evil, you know to give the good things to your children. How much more our Heavenly Father will give the good thing to to us? Amen. Right? In Matthew did not say, what is the good things that we will receive? But Luke 11 said, the same sister portion. Again, the Lord said, even you who are fathers uh, among you, even you are evil, you know to get the good things to your children. How much more that your heavenly Father will give what? Will give the Holy Spirit to us. So in other words, God loves us so much, he wants to give the best thing in the universe to us. Amen. And he, wa- he look around in the whole universe. There's nothing. There's no one. is more precious than He Himself. Amen. So He gives Himself to us. Amen. That's the best in the whole universe. Amen. Who can be? What can be better or richer than our God? Amen. The Creator of the universe. This is why He has promised to us. Amen. So today, when we are following Abraham, Praise the Lord. We can get the Holy Spirit rather than just just that piece of of land. Now they they try to inherit that piece of land, you know, get into so much trouble. But for us to receive the Holy Spirit, you'll never get into any trouble. Praise the Lord for this. But then, not only this, you also need to know uh, what does it mean that He gave the Spirit to us. Then let's read uh, verse 16. Okay. Let us read verse sixteen together. But to Abraham, where the promise is spoken, and to his seed, he does not say, and to the seeds, as concerning many, but as concerning one, and to your seed, who is Christ. So actually, that seed of the Abraham is nothing else or no one else but Christ. Paul said to us clearly. He did not say the seeds. In some verses, uh, God did promise uh, Abraham, "Oh, your your uh, seeds will be like the the the, the sand uh, on the on the beach, like the stars in the heaven." But that's another aspect. But in this verse, then God just said, "Give, I will give this land to your seed." A singular number seed, and uh, Paul had the. Had the spiritual uh, uh, discernment, he ha- has the, the, uh, the spiritual eyes, can see these things. Then he said, Here, is not see, it's not seeds in plural number, as many. Only one seed, that is Christ. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. So today, what we receive is this one seed, and that is Christ. Amen. Everything is Christ. I mentioned those five basic offerings, each and every one of them just referring to Christ. Amen. Christ is our trespass offering, Christ is our sin offering, Christ is our peace offering, Christ is our, our meal offering. Also, Christ is our burnt offering. Amen. He himself gave everything to God, right. is consecrated himself to God completely, without any reservation, and uh, he is the burnt offering, and only in Him we are able to consecrate ourselves. So, here, uh, these things are very uh, important. Then, let's also turn to uh, verse 28 and 29. Let us read together. There cannot be Jew nor Greek. There cannot be slave No sweet man. There cannot be male and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are of Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to us. So here, with these two verses, you know, these two verses refer to us. And we are in the church. And the church is a one new man. Therefore, in the church, you don't have all these natural distinctions. Not only that, in verse 29, it says, If you are of Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. This seed is also a singular number. That means that singular number seed not only refers to Christ as an individual, that singular number seed also refers to all of us as as the corporate seed, the church did you see this? Yeah. so uh, just the, uh, you see this outline is very rich the Bible is very rich so you see that just Galatians chapter 3 uh, you have all these verses and uh, that covers today God's promise to us and uh, it's the best thing first the Holy Spirit Amen. that is the trying God uh, and not only that the Christ yeah. he's the unique seed of Abraham, not only that, the church, Amen. we all all of us, yeah. even though we are so many, we are still one singular seed, yeah. we are this corporate, yeah. a large Christ, yeah. the body of Christ,
1: Amen.
2: only the whole universe, only one Christ, the Christ only has one body, and that is the universal church, yeah. we are all belong to this body of Christ, yeah. we are all belong to this household family of Christ, yeah. we also belong to this one kingdom of God. Amen. And we're Amen. a part of this when you man. Amen. So, this is our vision. I, I hope that we can see this. Then, B, as the corporate seed of Abraham, we must come to Christ as the individual and the transfigured seed of Abraham, the life giving spirit in our spirit, so that we may learn of him in the spirit. Amen. Okay. Even though we saw, saw that much, it is still j- just the beginning. Uh, it's not finished yet. So, now we know we are the corporate seed of Abraham. Okay, as the corporate seed of Abraham, we need to do what? We need to come to this one person, individual seed. That is Christ. We all need to Christ. But, this Christ, the seed of Abraham, unique seed of Abraham, he went through a process. You know, he came to be a man, a real man. He lived. Uh, 33 and a half years, perfect human living. And as the perfect man, he went to the cross. He died for our sins and uh, shed his blood to wash our sins away. Not only that, after three days, he resurrected. And in his resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. And today, this one unique seed of Abraham, the Christ, It's not the Christ in the flesh uh, like uh, 2,000 years ago he was on the earth with his disciples. That flesh has been resurrected. Yes, that flesh is still physical but it's a resurrected body. No longer the same as our body today. But his whole person became the life-giving spirit. As the life-giving spirit he can dwell in all of us. As the life-giving spirit we can enjoy, experience this all-inclusive Christ. Amen. Therefore, this all-inclusive Christ today is so real to us. So this is what you have here. So when we see this seed, today he's the transfigured seed of Abraham. That is the life-giving spirit. Amen. Okay, then uh, I don't think I have time to go through this small one, two, uh, three, but I just uh, quickly say that Just as the son lived in the presence of God without ceasing seeing His Father's face every moment, this is the Lord's example to us. We need to learn uh, this law. In in other words, we all need to love the Lord's appearing. Today, we need to see Him uh, in the in the age uh, to come. At the end of this age, we also should love His appearing. That that is love His second coming. Then. uh, a small two, it says, just as sin took the father as his source, because at the time when Jesus used five loaves and two fish to feed five thousand, first he looked to the heaven and prayed. It's not an outward practice. It is the principle he looked to the father all the time. The father is source. Amen. Actually, so far as Christ is concerned, not only he is sinless, he's still God. If he wants to perform this miracle, no problem. He can do it in himself. But he purposely did not want to do it in himself. He wants to set up the good example for us. He did everything taking Father as his source. That's why we all need to pray. That is our source. But then, three, just as the sin came to do the will of God by sacrificing himself on the altar of the cross, and just as he was, the tent of God, the tabernacle, and so forth. And uh, I don't have time to get into this, but this part, again, is referring to uh, Christ. He went to the cross. The altar, not only is it a consecration, not only is the a place to offer this, the offerings, and the altar is also referring to the cross. Right. And uh, Jesus also was crucified right. on the cross. And uh, here, that he gave everything to the law, So that is a burnt offering. So we have to see, when we really take Abraham's living as our living, that means when we really take the life of the altar, that means we need to give ourselves as the burnt offering. You know, burnt offering is the only offering... Everything is burned yeah. for God and given to God. The other offerings, whether it's uh, trespass offering, sin offering, peace offering, meal offering, burn apart. The other part, the priest could eat. Right, right. But burn offering, burn everything. Yeah. It's completely for God. Nothing for man. Amen. And we all burned to ashes. Amen. Don't Don't be scared. <laughs> uh-huh. But this is the the way we have to to take. And, uh, you know, I'm from New York, and New York has a famous newspaper, New York Times. On the last day, they have the the religious uh, page and many advertisements. Sometimes you saw, I think I mentioned this here before, certain denominations say, in our church, we make everybody somebody. (laughs) Well, we never put any advertisement. If we should do, we will say, in our church, we make everybody nobody. (laughs) Not only we make you and me nobody, we also will be burned to ashes. (laughs) That means nothing natural can please God. Nothing natural can be allowed in a real church of Christ. So that's why in First in, uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, when it talks about, when Paul talks about the church as the body of Christ, he said, "So also is Christ. The body of Christ is Christ. Everything is not Christ. It's not qualified to be in the church. No. Nothing natural is allowed." But then he said, "Then, then I have completely lost my hope. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> we have a real hope. Your false hope, your hope in yourself, your natural man, should be burned away long time ago. But we thank the Lord. In Leviticus, when they offered the burnt offering, everything was burned to ashes, but all the ash was cast on the east side of the altar. What does that mean? You know, east side is the side of what? Sunrise, right? After a long dark night, the sun will rise from the east side. So that is the, that signifies the resurrection. So don't worry, (laughs) the life we receive is the resurrection life, okay? The more you live according to your natural concept, natural opinion, natural strength, everything natural, the more you frustrate this divine life, this resurrected life. Once we really put everything on the altar, Lord, you are the Lord, you do whatever you want, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. Then, praise the Lord. Amen. When we become ashes, then the resurrection life will take over. Amen. And that will bring us into the real new creation. Amen. Then we will no longer remain in the old creation. Okay, so then the, the C is uh, Abraham's face Did not originate originate with himself, whether his believing in God was the reaction of God of glory appearing to him right. and uh, to the transfusion and infusion of God's element into his being. Amen. Now, so this point uh, should encourage all of us. That means none of us can do this. How can we uh, make ourselves a burnt offering? thing? No, none of us can crucify ourselves. Right. But uh, don't worry. You don't need to crucify. You don't need to commit suicide. And uh, you know, you, people can use many different things to commit suicide. But crucifixion is the one thing you cannot commit suicide. <laughs> if you put one nail in one hand, another nail in the in the foot, then how about the third hand? <laughs> always God always use something else to crucify you. But uh, whatever happened, just. No longer I who live, that Christ lives in me. Amen. Okay. I really need to rush because my real burden is the Next point. Amen. If I can finish this point, I'm at peace. So, so let's read this point together. God appearing and Transfusion. Now, on the service, when you read this, probably you, you don't think you get much. But the important things are all these verses. These are the verses we read in the beginning. I don't know whether you are impressed. But let's turn to these verses again. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. Now, now uh, first not only we read verse 7 we also really need to read verse 6 let's read verse 6 and 7 and Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem <laughs>
0: Uh, don't, don't, go,
2: don't go so, so fast. Uh, only stop at 7, verse 7. And uh, the reason I feel this point is so important, because here in these few verses, we saw that Abraham built three altars. Yeah. He did not just build one altar. He built three altars. And uh, uh, why I feel it's so important, we always said, okay, this altar uh, uh, represents our consecration, right? Now, we always to renew our consecration. You cannot say, oh, 25 years ago, I consecrated myself. Well, that's 25 years ago. How about today? In one sense, we need to renew our consecration every day. You know, uh, according to God's arrangement, uh, we happen to be that earth will turn every 24 hours. In other words, every 24 hours, we have a new day, right? The law always gives us a new beginning. Amen. Every day when we have a new day, we shall renew our consecration. Okay? But when Abraham built these three altars, the second altar is not the renewing of the first altar. The third altar is not the renewing of the second altar. Right. Yes, all three altars need to be renewed. Our consecration need to be renewed. But if you read carefully, the second order is a advancement. It's a more developed order than the first one. And the third one is another advancement, and a, a progression, uh, a more development than the second order. Yeah. So this is what we, uh, we, I really feel we have to see. Now, the first author, Abraham built, that is in... Uh, verse 7 but in verse 6 it says Abraham passed through the land of the place of Shechem to the oak of Mori and at that time the Canaanites were in the land then Jehovah appeared to Abraham said to, and said to your seed I will give this land so this time is the third time Jehovah appeared to Abraham. The previous poem said, it is not Abraham could do anything. It is not we can do anything. It is not Abraham had the faith or we had faith. But the God of glory appeared to Abraham. Amen. When the God of glory appeared to Abraham, he transfused some divine element into Abraham. Amen. And the Abraham's face was just a response to what he saw. Today, that should be our experience. So don't think, oh, we gnash our teeth, use our strong will, I will follow Abraham, I will learn of him. No, none of us can do that. But rather, we need to follow the Lord, and we need to turn to the Lord. Give the Lord a chance to appear to us. When we see the God of glory, something will infuse to us. Actually, it took God three appearances. This is the third appearance. Then Abraham built his first altar. And his first altar was built in Mori, the the place of Shechem. We know Shechem means shoulder in our body. Shoulder usually refers to as the strong part of our body. And uh, usually we use our shoulder to carry things, right? You don't use your pink. Try to lift this table but you use your shoulder to carry things. And I really hope that the many, many people, especially the young people, young adults, you should put your shoulder in to carry the burden of the, uh, of the body of the church. And, but the, the Lord has led Abraham to this place, to, to Shechem, so we need to put in our shoulder. This is the real practical consecration. Yeah. If you say, Lord, I love you. I want to consecrate myself to you. But if you never put your shoulder in. Your consecration is just empty words. But not, not only that you need to put shoulder, then mori means teacher or teaching. So that's why here the first altar, you can see that the, uh, Uh, Abraham journeyed to this land, and uh, he could receive God as his power, and uh, where he could know God by having the healthy teaching of God's economy. We need to give ourselves to this, to what? One is to put our shoulder in. Don't think, oh, I'm so weak. Oh, I have no... You you are so weak is because you never preach the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. The more you preach the gospel, the more you touch the power of God. The Lord has already led us to Shechem. At least that's the first altar. And not only in Shechem that we can put our shoulder in. And also we need to come to his heresy teaching. This kind of consecration is the most basic consecration. If we even don't have this consecration, there's no way for us to talk about anything else. The first altar is, again, in Shekhen, we need to all function and uh, all not only attend the church meetings, and uh, we need to serve, we need to supply, we need to prophesy, we need to minister Christ to each other. And we ourselves need to give ourselves for the right kind of teaching. This is in Mori. And in the heresy teaching. This is the first altar Abraham built. But then in verse 8. And he proceeded from there. You see, the word proceeded is very meaningful. Abraham proceeded. He did not stay there for the rest of his life. That means... At least spiritually speaking, he did not remain there. But he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to Jehovah and called upon the name of Jehovah. Amen. So here he built second altar. And the second altar was square. He proceeded to one place. That is between... Bethel and the A-I. Bethel means house of God. That refers to the church, the church life. The A-I means a heap of ruin. That refers to the world. Don't think, oh, this world is so beautiful, this world is so, so good. Again, you know, I'm from New York. Many things happen in New York. And you know that uh, in another few, few days, will be September 11 again <laughs> and, uh, and to us the, this really I don't know what to say it, it left a deep 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 impression with us because they uh, spent many years to build those two power towers that is uh, the financial center of the world and after those two towers build up for a short period of time the, was not only the highest uh, tower in New York, but even in the world. But of course, then other buildings become higher and higher. Uh, all the people like to build high towers. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, many New Yorkers, that was their pride. Right. When they have relatives, friends to visit New York, first place they want to bring is to see the Twin Tower. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then, just September 11. The two terrorists hijacked two planes, crushing to these two buildings. Less than one hour, those towers collapse. When, you, when it collapses, what do you have? A heap of ruin. But this is the Lord's mercy that, that led these two collapse. You could actually see how it is the heap of ruin. But so many other worldly things, also heap of ruin. But we are blind. We couldn't see. So you have this uh, a hymn. Uh, I, I cannot recite this hymn. Uh, uh, so I have a, already turned away from the world, and uh, the world is uh, far behind me. Far, far behind me. Far, far behind me. Right. Sometimes we send that in in the baptism, right. But here, you see, the the, the second altar, Abraham built, was in between house of God and AI. But, his face facing the vessel. We all need to turn our back to this world. Amen. One day, when this real situation got exposed, then you know it's a heap of ruin. Amen. Again, I, 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 I'm a New Yorker and I have to say, oh, I feel shameful to our New Yorker, because after 911, yeah, many people got touched, many people uh, saw through all these worldly things, uh, material things, are just vanity of vanity. So those two years, really very easy to preach the gospel. But then after two and a half years, their heart became hard. Again, now their heart was just as hard as ever before. So I believe that forced the law to allow another 911 to happen. I don't mean physical. What I mean is the financial crisis. Financial crisis is the more difficult 911. And uh, but I'm afraid some of us or some of our young people and some people still did not see even all these uh, riches this investment, and uh, this money, this and that, it's what? A heap of ruin. It's really a heap of ruin. And quite a few, like uh, Mod, uh, Madoff. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Madoff. He said he had made billions, billion dollars. Oh, a big lie. And he never made <laughs> any penny. He just received. Uh, money from here to pay his old debt and uh, receive more money to pay this new debt and eventually he could not receive uh, there's no more money then he just says sorry I don't have any money but still people are still now waking up we really have to see this turn our back to this heap of ruin facing the church life. Amen. That is eternal. Amen. That has eternal value. Amen. Facing to Bethel, Amen. house of God. Amen. Okay. Then we turn to uh, uh, chapter 13. Then uh, verse 18. Let's read this verse together. And Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre which are Hebron. And there he built an altar to explore." So this is the third altar Abraham built. Where did he build? He built it in Hebron. Hebron, the meaning is fellowship. And Mamre also means power. And so here, this is extremely important third altar was built in Hebron. That place, the meaning is fellowship. That means Abraham continuously lived in the fellowship with the Lord. This is extremely important. If we cannot continuously live in this fellowship with God, then Nothing can last very long. You remember last year, 2008, uh, now it's one and a half years ago, in January to March, we had eight perfecting training here, right? Uh, Eight Saturdays. And the first one, in the morning we gave some messages, in the afternoon we shared some practices. You remember what was the first one we shared? You don't remember? I still remember. (laughs) (laughs) The first one we share is the personal fellowship with the Lord. Exactly is what we have here. I'm afraid maybe after one and a half years you forget about this. So I do believe it's God's sovereign arrangement that we will give this message to remind you. You need to Consecrate yourself to the law? You need to build the altar. But don't just build the altar in uh, Mori. You should move the altar to, okay, maybe uh, not too fast, then just to to Bethel. But just Bethel is still not enough. You need to move your altar to Hebron. That means you have to continuously in the fellowship with the law. So here I want to because of time, uh, I still want to read these few verses with you together, then I think my burden will be discharged. That is is uh, Second Corinthians chapter 3. These are familiar verses. Let us uh, f- start with verse 16. Okay, let us read. But whenever their heart turns to the law, the veil is taken away, and the law is the spirit, and where the spirit of the law is, there is freedom. But we always in their face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as from the law Spirit. Amen. So first, we all need to turn our heart to the Lord. Amen. Every day. Every day. We need to fellowship with the Lord, but we need to turn our heart to the Lord first. So the veil will be taken away. But then, when the veil is, has been taken away, we can come to the Lord with unveiled face. Amen. That means we can see God face to face. When we behold, and the behold here, we have said in the past, it's not beholding his face in a, in a, in a general way. We especially behold the section close to his eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, a person's eyes is the, the window of his soul. If a person is very sad, you could see his eyes were sad. If a person is very happy, you could see through his eyes, he's happy. And not only you can see through this person, through his eyes, and you know what is inside his heart. Yeah, right. You also need to, you also can receive the transmission of his eyes. Sometimes I don't feel like crying, uh, we should weep with the one weep and so Someone in the in the in the uh, funeral or in a, in a in a sad situation. I don't want to weep, but when sometimes when the, the family look at you, when their eyes were really sad, then spontaneously that sadness will be transfused into you. Now today, so we can be happy, we can be sad, we we can be angry, but regardless of what we can be, we need to see the Lord's eyes. Amen. The Lord is watching us. Amen. Important. We all know Peter denied the Lord three times. And uh, in Mark, it says, the Lord said, before the, the uh, rooster clawed two times, you would deny me three times. And uh, Peter said, no, no, I will not deny you. But then Mark said, and uh, after the, the the second time the rooster crow, but you can see that did not give Peter any impact. Uh, he 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 heard. If he did not hear it, that, that rooster, then Mark could never write it down that the rooster crow. But it did not did not affect him. But it was the third time. You don't see this in Mark. You see it in Luke. When. Jesus turned, look at Peter. Then Peter went out (coughs) with bitterly. Why Peter knew Jesus turned around and looked at him? I believe because he looked at Jesus. (laughs) If he did not look at Jesus, how could he know Jesus was looking at him? So we need to go to look at Jesus, regardless of what is your condition. You may feel you're strong, you may feel you're weak. Doesn't matter. Moment by moment, we need to turn around. Look at Jesus. Amen. Then we can receive more infusion Amen. from him. And by his transfusion, infusion, and dispensing himself into us, then all what we share here will become real, right. will become our practice, Amen. become our living. So the, the last thing I want to emphasize is the third altar is built in Hebron, never forget this, this is not just another message, this is not something that that we just talked about, this really should be our experience, our practice, I'm not just speaking to you, I'm also speaking to myself, may the Lord be merciful to us, so that all these messages will really change our life, and so that we can see what is God's heart, and by constantly turning to him, by constantly looking at him, and then, he, then we'll receive his transfusion. Amen. And then we enjoy the God of glory appear to us all the time. Then we we, we beholding, then we can reflect. Amen. And when we beholding and reflecting, we will be transformed. Amen. Not only personally be transformed, corporately the church will be built up. And the church will become strong testimony of Jesus on this earth. I really hope that this will happen to all the churches in New England. May the Lord be merciful to us. Maybe you can have a little prayers.
0: Lord Amen. and Saints will take a break now and uh, because the time will resume the meeting maybe 11:45 so we have